Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose 
To see if reindeer really know how to fly, and so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. To see if reindeer really know how to fly, and so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two. Although it's been said many times. Santa's on his way. He's filled his sleigh with things, things for you and for me. It's that time of year when the world falls in love. Every song you hear seems to say, "Merry Christmas." Come true. 
Good morning and Merry Christmas. Thank you for coming to Friends and Family today. Just a pleasure to have you here. I think uh, Santa Claus has made it all the way down to uh, the South, well, to the, uh, not the South Pole, but the, from the North Pole all the way back down to Illinois, Indiana, wherever you might be. And uh, we're grateful for that. We're going to sing some songs, some Christmas songs. And we'd ask you to join with us as we sing together, okay? working after a fashion now. Sorry about the delay, everybody. It's what we call dead air in radio. It's never good.
We're now going to hear the reading of the scripture, so Mr. Russ, if you come and read that Bible story for us. It's a beautiful Christmas morning when Jesus came to the world, little baby in the manger, so non-assuming. difficulties. A very familiar chapter. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed every one into his own city and Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife being great with child And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about, round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from the from them into heaven the shepherds said one to another let us now be even unto Bethlehem Go even unto Bethlehem, sorry, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary, 
and Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they had heard is one, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father God, thank you again for your scripture you've given. Thank you for your blessings to us. Thank you for this wonderful day that we have to share the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, be with each one that's here today. We pray that you would strengthen all of us. Let your Holy Spirit be with us and walk with us. Have Give us a good time together as we gather for this celebration. Thank you for this church. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's here. And bless Larry as he gives the message. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Russ. You can have a seat. Merry Christmas, everybody. So nice to see you all. I am so thankful for everybody who's here this morning. We are so excited, so happy, and so pleased to have you all. I have some uh, things that I'd like to share with you this morning. And I think that I need to bring those right here, make them available to me. And I don't want to forget them. So would you remind me not to, if I don't refer to these... Uh, notes here to say hey don't forget your notes this way if I happen to forget them I'll have a lot of people to blame <laughs> wow what a great Christmas Eve we had last night it was just really a beautiful service and uh, of course I was involved in it and it's hard to always appreciate you know something when you're the person who's actually like breathing out or putting out the energy or whatever to do the various things that are done but uh, at the end of the service, we had this beautiful rendition of a, of a song, Mary Did You Know, and our dear friend Brenda, God bless you, Brenda, she did a wonderful job of coordinating that and doing dance, uh, interpretive dance with the song, and we had the, the children and a lot of uh, participation in the song. It was beautiful. So we're glad for that Christmas Eve celebration. Hope you're all having a good time with your family, either this evening uh, t this afternoon, maybe when you go home in the afternoon for your Christmas gathering. I don't know exactly what your plans have been. It varies from family to family, but we're going to do some things this afternoon. Have a good time. This morning, here we are in church on Christmas morning and last night on Christmas Eve. It's one of the biggest times of the year for a holiday celebration, and I'm glad that you're, that you're here today to celebrate it with us. There was a fellow named... Uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Have you heard of him? Okay. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You've heard that expression. Uh, I'm a poet and didn't know it, but my feet show it because they're Longfellows. <laughs> well, that came from this fellow who was a poet by the name of Longfellow. Now you know the back story on that. And 
He lived about 100 years ago. Actually, getting closer now to 150 years ago. He lived during the time of the Civil War when uh, the Union armies were fighting the Confederate armies, the Confederate armies fighting the Union armies. It was a terrible era in the history of our nation when differences became violent and literally thousands and thousands of people were killed as the battles were waged. Tragic time in our nation's history. But uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow had a son who decided that he wanted to join the Union Army and he, he said to his father uh, through a letter that he wrote in March of that year, 1863, he said, Father, I know I didn't have your permission to go, but I feel a duty for my country, and I would gladly lay down my life for my country if it would do any good. And so I'm gone now to join the army and to join the forces for the nation, for the Union nation, or for the United States as, as contrasted with the Confederate States, which was the other army. And so he went and he was made a lieutenant and served in the, uh, in the military and was uh, severely injured in a battle uh, in Virginia at a place called New Hope Church, the Battle of New Hope Church. I was doing some research on this and I came across this battle of the New Hope Church. And I thought, what a tragic and ironic thing that there would be such a terrible thing as a war, a battle going on. And the name of the battle was, it was pr approximately or near a, a place called New Hope Church in Virginia. If you go there today, there's a placard there and a stone and you can read about it. It's a few words on a, on a rock. But on that day in 1864, there were thousands of men out in the fields marching back and forth and doing their thing to try to kill each other. And the Union Army decided that they were going to try to go around to the flank of the Confederate Army and attack them from the side. But the Confederate Army general guessed, I guess, what they were going to do, and he turned and faced the, the uh, invading army from the flank with the full force of his army. And he had uh, some people out about three miles out ahead of the main line, and they encountered the original attack from the Union Army. And as they made their way, the Union officers believed that this was going to be just a, uh, a token resistance, but that, that they were not the main force. Well, as it turned out, the Confederates had guessed correctly that this was what was going down, and so that day they were very successful in their killing of Union soldiers. And on that day, 1,660 men were either killed or wounded in that battle from the Union Army and the Confederate Army lost 400 and some men. 
All of this around an area that is called New Hope Church. Is it any wonder then that Henry Wadsworth Longfellow would be the one during this era, during this time when things like this went from day to day, from week to week, actually went on for years in the Civil War, that he would write the words, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. Of peace, and wild and sweet the words repeat, of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed mouth, the cannon thundered in the south, and with the sound, the carols drowned peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then peal the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in that poem, which was in 1865 put to music, published, and then later sung with the omission of the, of the verse about the South and the canons. But we are familiar with this song, we've heard it. And it reminds us that though we celebrate Christmas on a day like today, that we live in a broken and fallen world where evil does exist, where hatred is strong, and does mock the song of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. In recent days, we've seen this. There are those who would seek to destroy us if they could destroy us. Why? It has to be attributed to simply evil. Evil things rising up to bring harm and damage and destruction to what is offered in Christ's name, which is love and mercy and gentleness and peace and goodness and kindness and all the beautiful and good things of life. Why would anyone object to that? Why would anyone want to destroy that? Why would anyone attack and physically seek to destroy and even murder people who ascribe to this way of thinking, this way of living? Well, it can only be ascribed and described as something evil because there is evil in the world. People have their justifications for 
destroying Jesus Christ, of course. You know, he came as a gentle baby in the manger. Now, what kind of a threat is he? What kind of damage can he do? He's a little baby. As Christians, we know that it was God who came in the form of a human being. Could he have come any more gently? Could he have come any more tenderly or any more meekly than he came? He didn't come with a grand clap of thunder and a lightning bolt. He came as a little baby, an infant. But immediately, as you know, King Herod tried to destroy him. And he sent out his soldiers into the fields of that region because he was tricked by the wise men. and They wouldn't tell King Herod where he was. And so King Herod ordered that all children, all male children, two years of age and under should be killed in that region in order to catch this one who, whom he feared would become a king of the Jews, become the king of Israel. Herod was the king of the Jews. He would have no competition. And so he ordered the murder of all those children. Terrible, terrible story, but true. So you see, no matter how gentle you are, no matter how kind you are, how loving you are, how well-intended you are, Jesus said, if they've done this to me, they will also do it to you, my followers. There have been times in the history of the world when Christians were killed for being Christians. They were killed because they believed in this gentle shepherd, this tender, loving Christ, this merciful and kind and good Jesus because they were believers in him and pledged their loyalty and their devotion to him this became a threat to other people who wanted their loyalty and loyalty and devotion their political interests there will be no other king you will be pledged in your allegiance to me. I am the one that matters. And they draw upon themselves titles and presumptions of importance and self-appointed power that for anybody who disagrees with them, for anybody who doesn't ascribe to them and kowtow to them and bow down to them, they will kill you. Now, this is the history of the earth. This is the history of humankind. It's the history of the world. This is why Jesus came into the world, because he knew of all of this evil. And God saw all of this and sees all of this today. His heart is broken, broken over what is being done. Now, it would be nice if we could ignore these things, just focus on the pleasantries, Look at the glowing candles and think about the Christmas gifts and not spend any time dwelling on such things. But if we did, we'd simply be burying our heads in the sand and we would lose the significance of what Christmas means. What does Christmas mean? What is this about? What is the point of it? What is the purpose of it? The point of Christmas is Christ himself who came to save this world that is broken, so desperately broken. And he's calling for every person to turn to him in repentance and turn away from all this evil 
and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they will be saved from all these horrors. And the earth itself and the people of the earth and cultures and civilization and societies can live in peace, peace on earth, and have goodwill toward one another. This was the point of Christmas. This is what the angel said when Russ read the scripture just a moment ago. Peace on earth, goodwill toward one another. That's what Christmas is about. And in our personal lives, we have to incorporate this. We can't change this world we live in, but we can certainly do something about the way we think about other people, the way we talk about our schoolmates or the people that we work with in our professions or our jobs or even our neighbors or people, other people in the community. We can make a decision to have peace toward them, to be gracious toward them, to allow this same spirit of Jesus that came into the world to be in us so that we are the ones who are merciful and forgiving and gentle and kind and forbearing. And this is what Christians do. When someone harms you or does you wrong, in the model of Christ, you offer them forgiveness. You pardon them in your own heart. And you think to yourself, well, they meant it for harm and they did hurt my feelings and they did hurt me. I'm not gonna deny that I was hurt and it has damaged me and I feel the pain of what they've done. But I'm not going to be bitter and I'm not going to be hateful in return. I'm not gonna be resentful. I'm not gonna carry around the burden in my heart and in my mind of constantly rehearsing the pain that I've suffered. I'm going to forgive them and be a better person. I am actually going to make allowances for that person who did this to me and I will forgive them in the spirit of Christ. They may never ask for forgiveness. They may never admit they're wrong or that they did something that was hurtful. Still, my responsibility is to be compassionate and loving and forgiving. Doesn't mean that I'm weak because only a strong person is capable of doing this. Only the strong have the power and the strength to be forgiving. Any weakling can be bitter and resentful and return kind after kind, but only a, so a strong good person can actually offer mercy. And that's what Christmas means. Christmas means that in a world of evil, we offer mercy and forgiveness in response to the evil that's being done. When the young man that went into the black church in South Carolina murdered the pastor and the eight other people there in that church that evening, gathered for a prayer meeting for a Bible study. Recently convicted of those murders. You may have seen it in the news. It was a white boy that did this. All of, the, all of his victims were black people. 
But the people of that congregation, because they were Christian people, when the national press came in to promote the idea of racial prejudice and hatred, they saw this as a grand opportunity to stoke the fire of racial, racial divide and prejudice. And here is an example of, a, of an evil person who acted upon his racial hatred. There's no question about that. But the promotion of the ideology that we are a divided nation, that there is a racial division that is so deep and so profound, which is somehow unfortunately promoted. <laughs> Why promote this? Why encourage this ideology? But when they went to do their report and talk about the terrible condition of racial injustice in the country, the people of that congregation put their fire out because what they said was, we forgive him. And the, the national press didn't know what to do with that. This was a heyday. This was an opportunity to promote even more racial divide and to fan the flames of prejudice one race against another. And the Christians in that congregation put the fire out. And you may remember that shortly thereafter, it didn't make the news. It wasn't number one in the, on the evening news for weeks and weeks and months and months as it would have been if it had been Ferguson, Missouri or some other incident where forgiveness had not been offered what difference does it make what is Christmas about what is the point of Christmas what does Christmas mean well it means when somebody is killing you because they're evil you offer to them the same offering of mercy and grace that Jesus Christ offered his murderers when he said Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And to me, that is the most amazing, profound, powerful thing that Christians have to offer this world. It seems weak. I know it seems weak. It seems like, well, you're just letting evil win. You're just con you know, you're conceding to the forces of evil. But Martin Luther King Jr. knew that love would outlast hatred. He knew that inherently in the hearts of human beings, there is an appreciation and a valuing of what is right. And there is a deep and profound sense of what is wrong. And he knew that the injustice that the people were suffering of, of the African race, he knew that what was being done to them and the way they were being treated was wrong, it was evil. And he said, we will bring attention to it and we will ask the nation to be the judge 
of the value and the merit and the worth of our case. And he forbade any violence, but he encouraged his people, his followers, and the nation to join together in protest to the terrible injustice that the African people were suffering in this country in those days. And he was hated for it. And he was murdered for it. But he had a dream. And his dream was based upon the gospel of Christ. He was a Christian minister. He was a man of faith and a man of God. And he talked about grand and noble principles that our nation was founded upon. The right of every man created equally in the sight of God, given inalienable rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. He preached that grand sermon in Washington, D.C. To this day, celebrated, admired, and marveled over by the people of the earth. Christmas means love trumps hatred. It truly does. Not only in our personal lives, not only in our communities, but in all the world. Now, I could talk about this for a long time, but behind all of this is one basic truth. Christ came to save us and we welcome him and receive him joyfully in our hearts today because this is the day we remember when he came to do just that. And we're grateful. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
Christmas morning. We have communion. And then after the communion, we're going to sing another song, which is a good one to wind up on called Joy to the World. In the night that Jesus was betrayed at the end of his life, he gave his disciples bread and wine or juice. And he said, I want you to eat this and remember me when you do this. It's called Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. Some people call it the Eucharist. And the idea behind this is that, you know, just like Jesus came into the world and was here physically present in the world, well, then he went away. But he said, I'm not going to leave you without some physical presence. And so the elements here are the physical presence of Christ. Do you see that? Do you understand? It's like he left us this as a physical reminder, something we can touch and taste and feel and experience of his presence with us in the world. For he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And so we thank him for this. It's Christmas and we're going to receive Christ's presence with us even now. All of you are invited to come. Just take a piece of the bread and take the cup and return to your seat and then we'll all receive that together. And Lisa can come on down also. <clears throat> this is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Receive it with thanksgiving. Go ahead and do that.
Susan asked some of you to come and sing today, so if you're in the Susan Singers, I call them. What do you call them, Susan? The Christmas Chorale. <laughs> yeah, that's where you keep horses, in the corral. <laughs> three verses the verses are up there I don't know why that's the first line is joy to the world but anyway that's the way it is for now Christmas past is past. 
Christmas present is here today, bringing joy that will last. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.